The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Adam Shine Podcast. Episode 129 of the Adam Shine Podcast. Feature guest this week. Somebody that I've wanted to have on the podcast and chop it up with for a very long time. One of my favorite actors, Colin Hanks. Yes, we'll talk to him about what he learned from his dad, who is not Michael Keaton. Trust me, you don't want to miss that portion of of the interview. I was obsessed with Colin Hanks for a long time. Katie and I really fell in love with Life in Pieces during the pandemic, which had a great run on CBS as a sitcom years ago. We didn't watch it when it was live, and we saw it. It was our second or third pandemic show with The Good Place and Schitt's Creek, and Colin Hanks is is fantastic. The reason we're having him on the podcast, he's a huge sports fan, and he has a great new documentary that's going to be on HBO, HBO Max, on Willie Mays, and it's awesome. He has some great stories on Willie Mays, the genius of Willie Mays, talking to Willie Mays, the likability of Barry Bonds when it comes to interviewing the home run champ, and he agrees with me, Barry Bonds is in fact the home run champ. Barry Bonds loves Willie Mays, and he's very likable in this documentary, so trust me, you're going to love this interview with Colin Hanks, a Huge San Francisco Giants fan, a huge sports fan. We'll talk to him about his greatest moments as a sports fan. We're also going to dive into the Brooklyn Nets situation in the Shine Wine as we're taping this at 2 o'clock Eastern on Tuesday. And Steve Nash got fired as the Brooklyn Nets head coach about an hour before we started the taping, and trust me, you're not going to miss what we want to have to say there. We got a great response last week to the text from Jack Shine, text from my dad. So I will give you a, a text that he sent me twice this past week. That was one word. Uh, trust me, you're not going to want to miss this. But right now, it's time, as always, for You Asked For It, You Got It. You Asked For It. You got it. Every week on the Adam Shine podcast, we put out a poll on Monday of four different topics where that you want us to start the podcast with. And I love the fact, and thank you to everybody who voted, all 782 of you, you voted for Halloween candy because I love Halloween. I, I always loved dressing up as a kid. I once went as Yoda, who was the ultimate sage. I, I love Star Wars growing up. 
I wasn't super into it as as a teenager or an adult, but I, I love the the Star Wars movies growing up. I once my mom once made me a costume. I was a McDonald's French fries. Seriously, a homemade costume, you know, cardboard, oak tag. I mean, that that was something. And where we live, Halloween is religion. Like people from from town, they come to the the area in our our neighborhood. We have a brook. It's it's this big oval, and you know the adults are having beverages, and the kids are fired up, and everyone's dressed up, and everyone's giving out candy and having fun, and it's great. And and you know, Jolie's in in high school, freshman. And, you know, so she goes off and does trick-or-treating with her friends, went to a couple of Halloween parties over the weekend, or, which was pretty cool. And, you know, Maya, her and her friends, you know, they all had you know, onesies of, you know, she was a chicken, right? You know, it was like 10 of them. They all dressed up as, as different animals. I mean, I, I don't know what the, what the hell the seventh grade girls are doing nowadays, but they had fun and they went off by themselves. So I got home from taping NFL Monday QB on CBS Sports Network. Around six, Theo went out with with Katie and a couple of his friends and and moms and doing trick or treating. He was gonna be a hot dog, but he changed into a to a costume of Aaron Judge, which was awesome. He had the eye black. I said, you might as well do it now before Aaron Judge signs with the San Francisco Giants. So uh, I was happy he was able to go trick or treating as Aaron Judge. He was in character and. You know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, to me, is always the, the number one Halloween candy. It's, it's not even close. I will always and forever argue that candy corn for Halloween is great. I'm not telling you to eat a full bag. I'm not telling you to eat candy corn in July. Goes noted, though, we, my kids have never received candy corn as, as a gift. I mean, it used to come in little plastics with, like, six in it, but I, that doesn't happen anymore. I never had a 100 grand until about five years ago until my kids started trick-or-treating. And let me tell you, those, those things are unbelievable. I don't know where the hell I was for a long time. You know, the Hershey bars are great. The Hershey Kisses are great. I'm not a Twizzler guy in any way, shape, or form. But anything Reese's is always at the top of the list, especially the, the classic Reese's peanut butter cup. A uh, hundred grand to me is number two. You know, love the old school Hershey bars. Snickers, yeah, we do have a peanut allergy in the house. Maya's allergic to peanuts. But, but Snickers is always on the Mount Rushmore of, of Halloween candy. Bob, it was Amelia Stew's first Halloween this past year. So, I mean, say past year, yesterday. So what was that experience like for you with Amelia? What did she dress up as? And give me your take, because America asked for it, so America's going to get it. In the You Asked For It, You Got It segment, what is the Bob Stew list of do's and don'ts for Halloween candy? Well, there's a lot of questions there, Adam. But yes, Amelia, her first Halloween was great. Although Halloween is kind of like doomsday to Amelia now, too. She also has a peanut allergy, so I'm afraid of literally every candy that comes <laughs> in a bag. But yeah, she dressed up as a bumblebee. We have a couple Halloween books. She always points to the bumblebee. So that's how she picked. That's how she ends up as a bumblebee for Halloween. But I'm with you. Reese's, to me, are the goat. But like I just said, with the peanut allergy... Adam, this is like a, my favorite team relocating cities. I can't even eat Reese's anymore. No more Reese's peanut butter cups. It's freaking devastating when it comes down to it. I can't eat Snickers anymore. I saw my wife sneaking a Snickers the other day in the other room. I said, what is wrong with you? We need to be a united front. We can't have peanuts in the house. Eating a Snickers behind my back. Couldn't believe it. 
That's why Snickers is in the top five, though. You'd sneak a Snickers. They're that good. So, yeah, I love Reese's. I love Snickers. Those are on the top in terms of the top tier. I agree with you. The Hershey's chocolate bar is fantastic. It's a Any classic. kind of cho- yes. It's timeless. It's a ti- It's just timeless. You have to have it. It's unbelievable. You can have it all year round. It's an excellent candy. Stands the test of time. I like M&M's. I think they're great. They're That's great a good candy. one, Bob. Yeah, because you can get them in the small bag, and you don't really fill up, and they're really good. I mean, M&Ms are great, and in terms of the bottom of the list, candy corn is at the bottom. Uh. You can't eat even one. It, they're so bad. It's like eating wax. It's like, I don't even know. It's no flavor. It's not any good. I, candy corn is terrible. I'm so glad no one has ever given a gift to your kids of candy corn because that's more of a curse than anything. It's not a gift. It wouldn't It wouldn't be accepted in my household as a gift. I'd say, you know, you got to take that with you. And I think jawbreakers are terrible. They're incredibly terrible. overrated. Terrible. Yeah. What is the purpose of a jawbreaker? It never ends. What are you going to do with it? You get halfway and you throw it in the garbage? I mean, to me, the jawbreaker is... Yeah, it's a useless candy. There's just no reason for it. I'm with you. I hate Twizzlers. Disgusting. Repulsive. Absolutely disgusting. My wife kept, keeps she keeps a bag of Twizzlers in the car. I'm on a long car ride. I reach into the center console. I pull out a Twizzler and I eat it. I didn't know what Ugh. it was. I took a bite and I was sick. Oh. I had to pull over. It was disgusting, Awful. Adam. Licorice Awful. is horrible. I don't understand these people who like licorice. It's the devil's dessert. <laughs> Nobody wants licorice. I'm, I feel like sometimes, Bob, we're in the minority on that. It's it's disgusting. It's I I I mean, Katie's the same way. She loves that crap. I mean, I what the hell is that? Like I'm falling asleep on a very long car ride, so I go, well, I got to eat some candy. I, I got to try to keep my keep my stamina so I can keep driving and try to wake up. I ate a, I ate a, I ate a Twizzler, and that was it. I, I can't drive anymore. I'm done with this. It was absolutely disgusting. See, those are the bottom tier. I mean, you have your top tiers, your Reese's, your Snickers, you have your Hershey's. You have your bottom tier, Adam. Your and remember, I brought in a 100 grand bar for you yeah. a few years ago, first time you had it. And and you loved it. That that's a that's a hell of a candy for Halloween right there, Bob. Yeah, I don't know who came up with that, but that person deserves a promotion. I mean, it was really good. Just a really nice meshing of the candy. I thought it was good. I like Three Musketeers too. I love Twix. There are some other great candies out there too. They're yeah, like, yeah there are some other next great level, ones out there. next tier, next tier. Yeah. They're your mid-majors, really. Yeah, they, they you know, get it's a like, big they're, they're like, they're like a Mari Cooper, right? You know, legit number one oh, receiver, but you know, not not yeah. a top sixteen, right? You know, not 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 someone you're going to build your franchise around. I mean, the way Amari Cooper's playing this year, Adam, you might be moving these candies up another tier. He's been awesome <laughs> this year. I love. Have you ever had a Reese's fast break? Jolie came no. home with one. Bob, go find yourself a Reese's fast break. And I, I mean, Reese's, I pe- Reese's peanut butter cup is number one. I know, I know, but just eat it by yourself. Go out, <laughs> go alone, done with the taping, treat yourself, go get a Reese's mm. fast break. This thing, it's a candy bar with milk chocolate and and peanut butter. It was unbelievable. Jolie said wow. I should have put it in the freezer for the next day. I, 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 I know, and I do love that. I couldn't wait, yeah. though. It, it was so good. I ate the whole thing. Yeah, freezer candy is delicious. But, you know, some people sneak around. They do weird things behind people's back. Here I am sneaking around eating candy by myself. I mean, that's what this has come to, Adam. Halloween, I don't know. It's 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 fallen now for me. It's tough. It's just a tough holiday. I used to love it. You know, I love getting dressed up when I was younger. love getting dressed up in college. You know, you go through phases when it comes down to the costumes, right? You know, it's awesome when you're young. 
You're a teenager. You hate it. You go to college. It's amazing. You grow up. It's awesome again. So that's right. I used to love it. Like I used to love Halloween. So we're, we're getting there, though. I'm gonna be sneaking around eating Reese's peanut butter cups the rest of my life, though. That's that. That's what's in the future for me for Halloween. It seems. We dressed up, went to a Halloween party, and we, you know, I, we talked about this on the podcast. We both love only murders in the building. And oh yeah. Which is it, you were the one who told me to watch it. One of like five yeah. people who said you have to watch the show. You'll love it. You know I love Steve Martin, and you know Selena Gomez is great, and and Martin Short is unbelievable. So you know we watched season one, phenomenal. Season two, phenomenal. It's one of our favorite shows. So Katie and I went to a, a Halloween party last Friday, and she dressed as Selena Gomez, had the whole you know the hat on, the the jacket, the whole thing from Only Murders in the Building. I wore the fans sweatshirt, the podcast fans, <laughs> you know, the soccer sweatshirt, and I got on Amazon Bunny's glasses, <laughs> and I went as Bunny. Remember when she was murdered? She, well, uh, spoiler alert, Bunny spoilers. gets murdered in season two. Yes. Yeah. So I, the oh, three boy. people, mo- it was crazy. Most people have never seen the show. I, I, maybe we need to associate with new people. I don't know. The three people who got it, we're like, that's the greatest costume I've ever seen. <laughs> but everyone else was like, oh, wow, you know, what are you wearing? It's just a tie-dye sweatshirt with uh, only murders in the bill. Like, what, what do you... It, the three people who got it were obsessed, Bob. But only three people at the party we went to had any idea what the hell we were doing. I'm actually, like, a little surprised that more people didn't understand it. It's a pretty popular show. That's the key to the great costume. Not having to explain yourself. I mean, that is everything with the costume. But I don't regret it. I don't. Uh, I don't regret it because it you know was why? so good. It's timely too. It's a timely costume. To me, that that's the key. You know, I'm trying to think of whatever the popular one was last year. There's always one. Co- it was Ted Lasso. Every single was Ted Lasso. person was that's Ted right. Lasso last year. Everybody loved it. Everybody was and everybody was all into it. But if you went as Ted Lasso this year, some would say, get out of my house. Stop. Stop. You cannot be Ted Lasso this year. It's not timely. So you did the right thing. You had a timely costume. And I I definitely approve of that. That was a good job by you. You asked for it. You got it. Nice job, America. That one lived up to the hype. Colin Hanks, featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast. And he joins us next. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Mike Babchick from Morning Man of Mad Dog Sports Radio. When you are done listening to Shine, come hear me as I roast them. It's Patrick's Morning After the podcast. We try to make sure our bosses never find out about it. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. The feature guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast is someone I've wanted to chop it up with and catch up with for a long time. He is the outstanding producer on a fantastic new documentary on Willie Mays. Say hey, Willie Mays. HBO Sports debuts on Tuesday, November the 8th. 9 p.m. Eastern and available to stream on HBO Max. Colin, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I appreciate the time. And listen, I know that you are a big San Francisco Giants fan. Willie Mays is obviously a legend. What attracted you to this project? Uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, you know, first off, Willie Mays is was always at the top of our list in terms of wouldn't it be great if we could do a documentary about this person? I mean, it, you know, baseball aside, uh, I always found him to be sort of fascinating. I'm of a, a younger generation, so I never got to see him play. But man, did I hear a lot of stories about him. Uh, and so part of, you know, part of the reason why I really wanted to, 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 to be a part of this and, and, and tell his story was, I felt like I didn't know everything there was to know about Willie Mays. You know, you hear so many stories about Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle and all the different prides of all the different Yankees. But Willie Mays always struck me as this almost sort of island unto himself. The name is there. The recognition is there. But actually what he accomplished and what he did and, 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 and who he was was still a little bit of a mystery to me. So I wanted to try and and sort of bring that to light so that the younger generation could understand just what an incredible athlete he was, but also, you know, who he was uh, and and where he fits within sort of the American fabric, because the guy's got an incredible uh, story, an incredible journey. Well, Colin, I love that. And, you know, I'm 45 years old and I grew up and still am baseball obsessed. My dad, who grew up in, in New York, you know, was a Yankees fan. And, you know, I had a, the picture of Willie Mickey and the Duke, you know, in, in my bedroom growing up. Because, yep. you know, it was such a romantic time for him in talking about all the center fielders in, in, in New York baseball. So you dive deep on Willie Mays, the player and the person. What did you learn? What I learned was that he was the exact same person on the field that he was off the field. He handled his business the same way. You know, you, you got to remember, this guy grew up in the Depression era South, came up an incredibly young ball player thrown into New York City at the dawn of, of you know, the television <laughs> era, <laughs> uh, moved with baseball to the West Coast and still experienced the same kind of issues that he experienced in the South uh, growing up. But he went about his life the same way he went about his career, head down and let your work speak for itself. You know, he wasn't a a, a salesman. You know, yes, he had the basket, you know, the basket catch where, you know, it catch the, the fly ball down at his hip. And there was a flair and a panache to everything he did. Yes. But he was not one of those guys that was yelling at the top of his lungs. I'm the greatest. You know, look at me. He really let his 
his game do do the speaking for him. What I found most fascinating was that he any conversations, any role he had, especially in his, the later years of his career in San Francisco uh, during the civil rights era, he was vocal. He just wasn't publicly vocal. Hmm. And there's a big difference. You know, um, he was not doing it for the pat on the back. He was not doing it. Hey, look at me. I'm, I'm fighting a good fight. He, he was doing it his way. Um, and that confused and confounded a lot of people. But it was, you know, true to his character. I mean, true was, you know, down to his bones. He, he was he was he was a, a really fascinating individual that that happens to, you know, have this incredible perspective of, uh, you know, of, of, you know, the, the black American experience. Elaborate on that, if you can, because I, I am excited for the documentary to learn more about that because of the period of time in, in our country. And here is this larger-than-life figure, this megastar with that flair, who's such an important ball player in general, such an important African-American ball player. What impact did he have in society in that regard? Well, you know, we I've talked about this a lot with, uh, with Nelson uh, George, who, who, who directed the film. And, and Nelson really put it uh, very succinctly. He was the first, you know, black superstar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really, you know, yeah. he, he wasn't, he's not credited with breaking the color barrier. He's not credited with, you know, being the face of a movement or anything like that. But he was the first black superstar coming up in New York with the Giants. He had that name recognition. He would be out on the streets with the kids playing stickball. He was a superstar, but he still handled himself and his, you know, and his quote unquote business in a very, I don't want to say old fashioned way, because that, that's, that has a, almost a negative connotation, but it, I, I would say blue collar almost. Sure. Go up, do the work, you do good work. You come back the next day, you work hard. And if, you know, you're with Willie, you got to work as hard as he does, you know, and there, there's a component, you know, that is lost, I think on, on me and, and, and perhaps if I may be so bold as to say you, since we're, we're roughly the same age, mm -hmm. we were not present for that. So we don't have that frame of reference. We only saw how wide the wake was. We didn't see how hard it was to make that wake. And Willie was truly one of, you know, one of the, the few athletes of his era that, that really was able to do that in a way that totally transcended the game. Um, and so for me, you know, the chance to be able to, 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 to be a small part in, in helping tell that story, that's, that's, that's the sweet stuff for me. I, I, I love being able to, uh, to be a part of that kind of kind of thing. gave me the chills right there. I mean, that's that's great storytelling. <laughs> I I want to learn about that. I you're right. I I think it's it's fascinating on on so many levels. And you know, Colin, I, I'm a I love sports. Big baseball fan. Mm -hmm. I make my living giving sports takes. Best this, worst that. I mean that that's <laughs> yeah, what yeah. they pay me for, right? You know, I don't have to look up in preparation for the interview. Vic Wirtz, Basket Cats, 1954 World Series. I know that. That's that's part yeah, of yeah. the deal. But. Does Willie get enough credit for being, or get the credit for being the greatest baseball player or worst case scenario, 
Mount Rushmore top four in baseball history? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, and I'll be quite honest. It's quite simply the fact that a lot of the players that were that are on that so-called Mount Rushmore, they didn't play in the Negro Leagues. And if you, you know, like we did, we, we just got to call it as it is. Yeah. Some of the best baseball players of all time, you've never heard of because they were in the, the Negro Leagues because it just so happened that they were black. And Willie is one of the very few that not only came up out of that system, but then dominated the major leagues afterwards as a result of the, the, the schooling they got growing up. And so, you know, for me, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, the greatest baseball players of all time, and, and you mentioned, you know, all, all, you know, all the, the, the Yankees, right? You right, know, of course, uh, the, of course. All the pride of the, the, the pride of the Yankees, the prides of the Yankees, right? They didn't play in the Negro Leagues. Willie did. And so, you know, Willie not only came from that and dominated the major leagues, but then he ushered in the next wave of Latin players. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I found so fascinating about Willie, and it's a great insight into his personality, he always talks about uh, when he was coming up, people took care of him. Piper Davis took care of him. Leo DeRocher took care of him. And by the time he made it to, uh, the big leagues and, 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 and was a success. He was the one that was taking care of, you know, Marichal and, and, and all the Latin players that were coming through, uh, through, through, uh, uh, the, the giants organization, Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds. He understood that, you know, as ball players, there's a camaraderie and, and it's a, it's a group that you got to take care of and you got to nurture. It's a, it's a team effort, you know, even, even when, the, when, uh, you know, you're not on the field. And he just embodied that spirit. And, and that, I think, is also lost. So, you know, when it comes to the conversation is of, is he underappreciated or undervalued? I scream yes. Because even the acknowledgement that how good he is, I still don't think is not enough. If he makes that catch in the modern day, Oh. and Twitter is around, forget it. Every single day, there would be a conversation. It would be like, hashtag, what did Willie do? And it would be a conversation. You would be in heaven because every single talk radio person would have a solid 20-minute segment about, oh, my God, did you see what Willie Mays did yesterday? And that does not even begin to cover how unparalleled he was in every facet of the game. I mean, this guy, this guy, this guy was so competitive. He took the all-star game seriously and he would beat the American league all-stars twice in one day. Cause they would play two games. I mean, he <laughs> was so unique and I, you know, it, it, it's always hard because you, you don't want to sound like the broken record. Oh, well in my day, the athletes were, the, this is one where I can say, Hey, this was before my day. And what he did was absolutely incredible and, and, and just astounding. So, yes, I, I think he's incredibly uh, uh, underappreciated. And, and the film uh, is, is, you know, uh, an attempt to sort of bring him back into that conversation. Uh, sure. Which I'm obsessed with because, you know, it's funny. Every time I'm doing a show, radio, TV, I get a text from my dad. Don't forget about Willie Mays. Don't forget about Willie Mays. Don't forget about <laughs> Willie Mays. I mean, and he grew up as a gang. Don't forget about Willie Mays now. Don't, don't forget. So I, I yeah. am excited because there is, I think, when it comes to Willie, uh, for people our age and certainly younger, there's like almost a Paul Bunyan 
quotient, like a mythical quotient, like you know about the catch and how that would pour, you know, be today on social media as you as you mentioned. But his consistency as a defender, his ability to steal bases, his his domination at the plate. I mean, this is one of the unique athletes, frankly, outside of even baseball in the history of sports. Well, I, I almost sort of feel like when you're talking about a baseball player, that is the complete package. He's got to be able to do everything. He's got to be able to hit the long ball. He's also got to be able to lay down a bunt. He's got to be able to steal a base. And he's also got to be able to catch the ball at his shoelaces if need be. Willie Mays was the ultimate competitor. And he had a drive that I don't think I, I don't think people really truly understand. You know, nowadays, you know, there's so many different ways to win a ball game and there's so many changes in the game. And, and if, if anyone has read the baseball 100 by by Joe pa, uh, uh, Posnanski, you know what I'm talking here. about. Yeah. It, it's one of the best books I've, I've, I've ever read. Um, there's so many facets to what makes an all around player. And Willie was not only the greatest all around player, but he was also the greatest you know, competitive guy. You know, I mean, he really, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't stay out late. There's a reason why his belt line was the same when he came into the league as when he left the league. (laughs) There's a reason why he's 91 years old and still smart as a whip. Um, The man was a beast. He was a a machine and yet did it with a grace and a flair that had never been, that had never been seen really, not in the major leagues at least. Um, And so there's just something about, the way that Willie played, you know, I'm not saying that it can't be that way now. I'm not saying they're not players that, that can, can, can be an all around great player, but not at that skill set, not at that intense level for as long as he did. You know, I mean, the man played until he was exhausted on multiple occasions to the point of needing to be in the hospital. You just don't have that uh, in professional athletes these days. And that's not a knock on, professional athletes of course of course um you know because he could have done a whole lot of uh, more damage to his body than we even are aware of you know because willie's the kind of guy that would probably keep a lot of that to himself anyway i'm fascinated to hear how the interviews with barry bonds went and understand colin i mentioned the books behind me you know i I read game of shadows so i'm not naive to what happened with barry bonds i am also of the opinion and you're a giants fan barry Bonds should have been in the hall of fame first ballot the games count, yes. the numbers count. He's the all-time home run king. The reason I know that, because he hit the most home runs. I That's just the way I view it, maybe simplistic, but I will always stand by that. You can't tell me that our generation of baseball didn't exist. What were the conversations like with Barry about Willie? And I'm curious to get your take on dealing with Barry Bonds in general for the documentary. Well... First off, I'm in agreement with you. If those World Series count of that era, then everyone who swung a bat counts at that era. And you need to acknowledge that. So uh, that's very much the camp that I'm in. And that is the same for Maguire and Sosa and everyone else of that era. Um, So so that aside, um, we can't tell the Willie Mays story without talking about Bobby Bonds and Barry Bonds. Because... Again, Willie was the kind of guy that took care of Bobby Bonds and took care of a young uh, Barry Bonds in the clubhouse. And, you know, I mean, Barry is Willie's godson. They are incredibly 
close. He, he is he is as close to a father figure as, as you can get, you know, aside from Bobby. Um, obviously, Barry is in some ways an enigma. Uh, we'll never really know who Barry is. We'll never really know, uh, you know, some of his opinions on things. And that's fine. I, I'm OK with a little bit of mystery. But we went in very specifically saying we have to do everything we can to try and get Barry Bonds in this film because we felt like it would be incomplete in telling Willie's story if that was not addressed and who better to speak to that than the man himself. So he was around very early um, in some of the filming. Uh, and in fact, you know, you see him in the film uh, at uh, Willie's side for a, a birthday celebration. And we spent the better part of the year. And when I say we, I really mean my, my co-producer, Sean Stewart, spent a better part of the year uh, uh, talking with Barry and his team. And we said, look, we, we feel it would be unfortunate and not a true Willie Mays documentary if Barry wasn't in. And I think after uh, enough time and enough conversations about the nature of the relationship and, and how we wanted to capture that i think barry became a little bit more open to the idea and a little bit more trusting because look i mean we've been making documentaries for a long time and i've always said we're not in the business of ruining people's lives we're not in the business of making people's lives more miserable uh we want to be able to help tell their stories and be a conduit for them to be able to 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 to, to speak and what was what is truly unique about the the Barry component within the film, I've never seen Barry speak like this. I, I've mm. never seen this side of him before. He's always a little bit guarded, and in the same way, I think that comes from Willie as well. Um, but the 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 passion and the love and the grace in which Barry talks about Willie is really something special, and and is a is a. a, a uh, a part of Barry's personality that that is not seen very often, and I and I will say that you know normally when you watch the rough you know the the rough edit uh, or or an uncut edit of just raw interview, the first hour was him talking about Willie, the second hour was him just talking about baseball and how wow. much he loves baseball, and to see him talk like that I had never seen before, and so. You know, there there's a part of Barry that he he that is guarded, and um, and we're very very fortunate that he you know was able to to uh, to give us the honor to be able to to tell this small small part of of his story. Excuse me, his story in regards to uh, his Godfather Willie. That's awesome. Now you're a huge sports fan. You know, love love basketball, yeah. love the Giants, love the L.A. Kings. What, what, of all those teams, what's your favorite? And what's your favorite moments in sports fandom, Colin? Oh, man, come on. That's like a Sophie's Choice. I can't. You're asking me to pick a favorite kid. I don't know if I can do that. Um, all right, let's well, narrow it down well, to the Giants. Narrow it to the Giants. Well, I'll be honest. Uh, I was very fortunate to have been in uh, Texas when the uh, Giants won in 2010, which was one of the more unique experiences I've I've ever been a part of. Um, and uh, you know, I think it's a very special thing when 
the team you've rooted for your entire life actually does the thing that you've always wanted them to do. Yeah. And so it, you know, when the, when the giants won the world series, um, not once, not twice, but three times, it was all very exciting. Uh, when my LA Kings won the Stanley cup, uh, that was very exciting. Well, I, Northern Cali California roots. I was a hockey fan before the sharks were around. So hence the fair Los enough, Angeles, fair enough. San Francisco thing. I, it confuses, it confounds both sides equally. Let me tell you, the giants fans don't understand how I could love the Kings. The Kings fans are absolutely just concerned that I uh, root for the giants. Uh, but I, you know, look, both things can exist simultaneously. Um, but there is something about when your team that you rooted for as a kid wins as you're an adult. It's as close to time travel as you can get. And, uh, I, you know, all of those um, moments I, I, I cherish. And I just hope that my wife didn't take too many photos of me crying because I don't want so much of that footage getting out. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I listen, those are tears of joy. That that's a real reaction. I mean, you yeah, feel like man. a kid. It's true. It's it's why you love sports, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, and that it, it's funny because you know, I remember having a conversation with a with a friend of mine and and he was talking about how he got his wife into um into into uh, baseball, specifically the Yankees, and you'll understand the reference here that I'm about to make, but you know, he had sort of said, you know, when we, when we're kids, we we're 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 introduced to the game, and we hear all the stories, and we understand the storylines, and we become involved, and it's the greatest. You know, a lot of times it can be the greatest story in the world ever told, or the most heartbreaking, right? So he was introducing it to his wife, and she says, you know, I just don't understand it. And he says, babe, it's like an unscripted reality show. So That's you it. see that guy playing second base. So he used to be really good friends with the guy playing third base <laughs> and they don't like each other anymore. And so, but they got to play together. And so he sort of told that story and I, and he said, it's the exact same thing that his dad did for him when he was a kid. He just took the time to weave the tale. And that is why, that's one of the reasons why I do follow sports as much as I do, because I love, I love that human component. I love that, that, that human element, that, that, that drama, that story. I I'm a sucker for that stuff. Oh, I'm obsessed. Now I do have to geek out for a second because my wife and I were obsessed with life in pieces. I mean, oh, just, you got great taste. Obsessed. In, in that comedy was, and women. I mean, yes, exactly. I lo <laughs> and, let, and let me tell you something. Okay. That show, that was our second show. I have to say I didn't watch it when it aired live. That was our That's second right. that was our second pandemic show. And Ooh, we, a panty show. I'll take that. Second pandemic show. We couldn't stop. I mean, you oh, and right. Zoe, uh, the the, yeah. the parents, the short yeah. brothers and sisters, Thomas. I mean, I the 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 acting, the storylines, every just popped on screen. What was oh, that experience right, right. like for you? I we were just obsessed with that show. Oh uh, well, thank you very much. You know, you make these things, and even if they're 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 not caught live, you sort of hope that they're good enough that they can survive uh, the sepia tones that are uh, due uh, uh, eventually. Um, 
you know, that was a scenario in which uh, it was, uh, I thought it was just such a funny setup and a premise for a show. Yep. Yep. I'd never seen a show in which it, would, it was really just four short stories that were all different. And sometimes they interconnected and sometimes they were brilliant. independent, but they all, they all told a, a story of multi-generational family. I thought that setup was, was, was really uh, uh, unique. And I thought it was funny. I, I just thought that it was it was uh, an incredibly funny script. And it just so happened that they cast a bunch of actors that all sort of fed off of each other. And we all got along so well. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I as I had on a job ever, with the exception of maybe working with Bradley Whitford. because The guy's just such a cut up. But, you know, it was it was uh, it was hard. <laughs> it was a lot of work. It was four years. Um, and so, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of ups and downs when you're when you're working that long. But um, it was really just uh, uh, I just look back and I go, man, we, we really we we had a lot of laughs. And, and I'm, I'm absolutely tickled that people have been able to, to find it, you know, during the pandemic and, and, and whatnot and sort of see what it is you know, be able to take it all in. Um, I think I think that actually makes the, the show even a little bit better once you're able to sort of look back and you just sort of see for, from point A to point B and you're able to take it all in in, in, in the big picture. Without question. I mean, we had to pause it consistently because there's a lot of laugh out loud moments. You don't want to miss anything. The writing was great. <laughs> and it's quick, yeah. It's it quick. was very quick too. It yeah, moves. It, 22 it moves. minutes goes quick. I mean, there were some, there were some times we'd be in like, I would tell uh, Zoe Lister-Jones who played my life, my wife, you know, we'd be in the first story and that story resolves by the time it tells you who directed the episode. I mean, it's quick. It's quick. So, yeah, I kept this on our toes. What was the impact that your dad had in your career shaping it in terms of you getting involved as a, a producer, as an actor? You know, I, I, I'm friends with a lot of athletes, you know, our age, Kyle Long, Chris Long, you know, the impact that Howie yeah, had yeah, yeah. in their career. I'm curious the impact that that your dad had in your career. Um, I think you're, of course, talking about my father, Michael Keaton. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, if I had to choose one thing and and really it's more by osmosis than anything else. There's no secret. There's no question like, hey, how do you do it? Um, there's none of that, but really more than anything else, it's just sort of picking up the osmosis and just noticing of, you know, it's a, the best job in the world. If you make it that, it can be the worst. So don't be one of the people making it the worst. But I think it's really just more sort of, I don't know, it sounds a little bit weird, but the, uh, a certain amount of professionalism, if you will, you know, the way to handle the day in, day out, um, you know, coming to work, being prepared, uh, uh, coming to work with an idea, um, you know, not necessarily, you know, realizing that it's always a collaboration. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, don't be a petulant child if, you know, your idea gets shot down. Um, you know, I, I think really just sort of how to survive um, all of the ups and downs and, 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 and how that sort of works and sort of trying to take the long view as, as, as you know, as, as often as you can. I think that's probably the, the, the thing that I learned the most. But again, there, there's not any, uh, there's no magic pill, as uh, they like to say. Uh, so you, it's really just sort of uh, just by just by observing more than anything else. And, oh. and quite honestly, like just, you know, like good sense. <laughs> yeah. 
But but that's yeah, right. It's common you, sense. But and you learn that from your dad, and you realize that in this business. I mean, just have common sense, treat people the right way. It's a collaboration. It. It's not it's not rocket science in that regard, right? Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward when you break it down. Colin, I am obsessed with this conversation. I can't wait. Say <laughs> hey, Willie Mays, HBO Sports, debuts Tuesday, November eighth, nine PM Eastern. We'll stream on HBO Max. Continued success, my friend. I'm excited for the John Candy documentary. When that comes oh, out, yeah. I was excited yeah. uh, to hear that announcement. So early congrats on that. And we appreciate, appreciate the time, it. my friend. Well, I'll come back. I'll come and we can talk John Candy because, you know, there's sports involved there, too, with the Toronto Argonauts. So we'll oh, find yeah. a way to be able to come back. Well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Oh, that's see, that's a tease and a guarantee right there. Thank you, Colin. <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing if not professional, man. Thanks for having me. Take care. It's time for the Shine Wine. I love a good Merlot. Bob, make a note if you can. I need to send Rock, our incredible voice guy, who's with us on Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio for 18 glorious years. I got to get Rock a, a bottle of Merlot for Christmas this year. So we'll put that on the to-do list for Christmas. I love that. Rock delivering. Yeah, he likes Merlot. I, I could have pictured that. By the way, I'm not a big wine guy. You know, I, I wine gives me a headache, Bob. You, I've never seen you drink wine. Are you, are you a wine guy? I'm a craft beer guy. That's yeah. the issue. But no, I, I love a glass of red wine. Yeah, of course, a good, a good glass of red wine. Yeah, I like a good Barbera. I like a good Montepulciano. I like a. That's good my Cabernet. favorite. That's the only red wine I drink. Montepulciano. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Montepulciano is the only red wine I'll have have a glass of with dinner if we're out and you know with with friends or steak. Or steak dinner or Italian. 100%. 100%. That's it. That's it. It's, it. it's got to be Italian food for me. Chicken parm, pasta, yeah, something like that for me to drink a glass of red wine. <laughs> you know, I'm not going out to, to a restaurant eating a cheeseburger and drinking a glass of wine. I'll tell you that, Adam. I, I will always. I love. I really am a big craft beer guy. So, so you know, that, that's what it comes down to. But I do. I'm partial to a nice glass of wine. But it has to be good. It has to be a good glass of wine. Yeah, for me, it's, as you know, it's, and the audience knows, it's beer. I love beer, craft beer, uh, IPA, uh, Montauk, you know, give me an old school blue moon. Uh, that's, that's what I'm looking for in terms of, of the alcoholic beverage of, of choice. Now, in terms of the Shine Wine, we're taping this podcast about an hour after Steve Nash was fired as the head coach of, of the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm sure that the happiest guy involved with, this transaction is Steve Nash because you want to talk about an ultimate headache and ultimate embarrassment. I mean, that's who the Brooklyn Nets are going back to this past season, you know, 2021 into 2022 with James Harden and with Ben Simmons and everything that transpired with Kyrie not caring about playing and being part time and, you know, not winning a playoff game and underachieving and then Durant wanting out and the ultimatum of fire Nash and fire Sean Marks and that obviously didn't happen and the whole thing has been a complete and utter disaster so here it is on the first of November the Brooklyn Nets make a coaching change and I'm not going to turn you know Steve Nash into Greg Popovich I mean he was a terrible head coach he's a Hall of Fame player unbelievable basketball mind it was a curious hire in the first place and it clearly didn't work out but I'm sure he'll be going back to Cali and living life and playing tennis and watching soccer and 
Steve Nash doesn't have to deal with the insanity and the garbage and nonsense. Now, before we get to the real stuff with, with Kyrie Irving, so as we're taping this podcast, multiple insiders, including our friend Sham Sharania and our friend Adrian Wojnarowski, reporting that Ime Udoka is going to be the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. And we said this was going to happen when Ime Udoka was suspended by the Boston Celtics. Remember, he was an assistant in Brooklyn, and it's who Kevin Durant wanted. And, you know, Joe Mazzulla doing a great job with the Boston Celtics. Obviously, you know, Ime Adoka was let go for a lot of different reasons in terms of, you know, treating females the wrong way in the organization in, in Boston. So, you know, that is something that's, that's ugly without question. But, you know, reportedly Brooklyn has done its due diligence. Obviously, he was in Brooklyn before. And this whole situation is a mess, and it's completely toxic. Bringing in Ime Adoka was predictable. You, you knew that this was going to be the case the, the second that Boston said, we're going to suspend him for the season. But the fact that Kyrie Irving is still in Brooklyn is disgusting to me. It's, it's alarming. It's, it's scary. Because there's no other way to phrase it Kyrie Irving is anti-Semitic, and let's not spin it any other way. He didn't know what he was promoting on Twitter. I mean, if you understand the nature and the words of that film and what is said, there, there's no gray area. There's no ambiguity. If you follow the back and forth a couple of days later that he had with the great Nick Fidel from ESPN, there, there's no confusion here. And Joe Sy, the owner, you know, could tweet, you know, that it's unacceptable. The NBA could put out a statement. Where's the action? Where is the action? I, I, I'm sick and tired of this. There is no place for this in society. Kanye West, no place for this in sports. Where is the NBA? Where are the Brooklyn Nets? Where's the Players Association? This kind of conduct and speech and hatred towards Jews is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. And, and I'm, I'm done talking about the Brooklyn Nets. Seriously, I'm, I'm done. I mean, the fact that they are not suspending Kyrie Irving, the league is not getting involved. I mean, you've seen players, coaches get suspended for, for worse. I mean, Ad, I am sorry, but that, that is... It's disheartening. It's unacceptable. It's just wrong in every possible way. And and don't sugarcoat what transpired here. Do not do that. I don't want to hear like a lot of people tried to spin years ago with Deshaun Jackson. Oh, he wasn't educated. He wasn't aware. No, 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 no. Anti-Semite. Say it with me. Kyrie Irving is an anti-Semite. That makes my skin crawl. And the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets letting him play basketball and not suspending him is absolutely a disgrace. It's time for texts from Jack Shine. So we introduced texts from Jack Shine last week, and it was a hit. You know, Bob, one thing I meant to mention, my dad's most frequent text, he just sends articles. He loves to send articles Nonstop. I mean, I'm literally looking at these are just texts from the last 24 hours. Flu season in the United States hasn't been this bad this early in more than a decade. 
Talking about grief with Anderson Cooper, Zach Wilson became a turnover machine in loss to Jets. Time for the Nets to show some backbone and move on from Kyrie Irving. I mean, it is literally, it is tweets, it is text after text after text, article after article after article. Dick Vitale makes emotional plea for Tom Brady and Giselle to reconcile. But the text that I got twice last week, and this is one that will pop up every once in a while, floss. Floss. My dad just sends me texts that say, floss. And I, I'll write him back or I'll talk to him on the phone and we talk basically every day. I'll say, Dad, you know I know to floss my teeth, right? <laughs> and he, he's like, dad, Adam, life is crazy. You got the podcast, you've got a daily TV show, a daily radio show, wife, three kids. You just have to make sure you work on Sundays. Gotta make sure you remember to floss. So twice over the past seven days since we last recorded the podcast, floss. And one was yesterday. <laughs> and I said, is this Halloween related? And he writes back, yeah. You know, that shit gets stuck in your teeth. Floss. I mean, Bob, this is why the the text from Jack Shine, you you can't make this up if you tried. How old are you, Adam? Exactly. I'm 45 years old. That's right. right. Floss. Listen, if you haven't been doing it by now, you're not going to. I mean, that's first off, that's that's the way, that's what I take away from it. I like that he's well-read, though. I was particularly interested in Anderson Cooper, then Zach Wilson, because those are the big two to me. Those are the big two stories. <laughs> I but mean, great, it, literally, it, and he sends he sends articles to my girls all the time. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's nonstop. Five benefits of farro: a healthy, nutritious, ancient grain. <laughs> he sent this to me today at nine forty six, Bob, as I'm hosting the radio show. <laughs> this is a, an actual oh, no. text. An actual text when when the when when David Stern stepped down as as the Brewers executive, he sent me that on on Friday afternoon. I mean, it's this is crazy. I mean, it, people don't understand. It's nonstop. I mean, it's politics. It's sports. It's news. It's a lot of New York Post. It's CNN. It's the Washington Post. It's Yahoo. I mean, he does not discriminate. When it comes to sending me articles. I love that, though. But I also, I love the timing of it, though. 9.46 in the morning. Because you have, you're not doing anything at the moment. You're just, you're not, you're not hosting a radio show live or anything. <laughs> to me, that's always the key, right? The timing of the text message. My wife sent me a text message on Sunday at 2.30. She sent me a picture of Tony Hawk dressed as Larry David. And Tony Hawk saying... I respect Wood. I revere Wood. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was at 2.30, and the Jets were losing to the Patriots by nine nah, points. Do you nah, think nah, I opened nah, that text message or saw that? Absolutely not. Comes up to me yesterday, goes, I sent you that text message two days ago. Where were you? I go, this was during the game. Nobody's paying attention. So I love that. I love that your dad sends you texts during the middle of the show. That, that to me, is priceless. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Colin Hanks, I mean, that, that's one of my all-time favorites here on the pod. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM, listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. 
We record the Adam Shine podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Man Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Plus, catch Shine on Sports weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Man Dog Sports Radio Channel 82 and on the SXM app. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. Touchdown! For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82. Sirius XM Podcasts. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.